0: Riot Games has finally settled its gender discrimination lawsuit for July 27, 2022. This is Let's Play Daily Gaming News. Hey, what's going on? My name's Nate Bender, and welcome to Let's Play, a daily gaming news podcast where we run down everything you need to know from the gaming world in about five minutes. Coming up, Vince McMahon left the WWE and apparently took four of their games with him, and Dark Souls 3 multiplayer is slowly making a return. Maybe. Last Friday, women in the gaming industry won a landmark victory. The class-action lawsuit that was filed against League of Legends maker Riot Games in 2018 has come to a $100 million settlement. The initial class-action lawsuit filed in California accused Riot Games of widespread gender discrimination. The parties in 2019 agreed to settle then for $10 million before the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing stepped in. Which led to Riot to agree to this larger settlement back in December of 2021. And that brings us to last Friday, where the judge in California on this case finally approved the settlement. Now, unlike the Activision Blizzard settlement, Riot is issuing payments of thousands to tens of thousands of dollars to over a thousand women who were full-time employees or contractors since 2014. One of the plaintiffs, former Riot developer Jess Negron, commented on the settlement, saying, quote, "...my hope is that this serves as a wake-up call for the whole industry. We've set a precedent that the sexist behavior that runs rampant at gaming companies is unacceptable, and when companies are unwilling to address it themselves in a meaningful way, women have options to get justice." Companies everywhere in and out of gaming need to do some deep self-reflection and be proactive about being better. And I second Negron's hope that this victory will set a precedent, because gender discrimination has been an issue plaguing the gaming industry since the very beginning. And after 50-plus years of this behavior being the status quo, Negron sums it up well by finishing her statement with, quote, Women have reached our boiling point, and we're done asking nicely for change. Earlier this month, Take-Two Interactive's 2K Games silently took four of their WWE games off of all digital storefronts. This includes WWE 2K17, 2K18, 2K19, and 2K20. While it's pretty commonplace for 2K to delist titles from time to time, like every other game publisher, this time, 2K just warned customers that, quote, on June 30th, 2022, it will be time for the 2K20 servers to take their retirement and stop online services. This includes all online functions, such as online matches and community creations you will no longer be able to access any online game mode after this point, however, if you already own the game, you will be able to continue to play offline modes. This made me think that 2K was just ending online support, not delisting these games entirely. These delistings also mark an end to the Yuke's WWE 2K series entirely, with Yuke's last WWE game being 2K19. Overall, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't disappointed in 2K games for doing this. But I have an interesting theory. A little over two years ago, I actually started modding 2K19, and what I've learned is that when Yuke's was doing the bulk of the development, the data behind things like motion capture for moves and entrances was very malleable and, with the decoding of the modding community, possible to port between games. This changed with Visual Concepts taking over the development of the WWE games and was part of the reason that WWE 2K20 was such a technical dumpster fire. Visual Concepts was never really able to figure out Yuke's systems. Now that 2K22 runs off of a rebuilt engine, one that Visual Concepts, by the way, has chosen to lock down, and AEW's game Fight Forever is supposed to come out sometime this year, WWE and 2K Games might be trying to eliminate the uke's developed WWE games to avoid modders porting data between the AEW game and the previously released WWE games. Either way, this is still disappointing, but remember what I always say. If a company doesn't allow you to purchase their software legally, it becomes morally correct to pirate said software. What's this? My lawyers have informed me to clarify that it doesn't make it correct legally, but in my opinion, it makes it correct morally. It has been 184 days since Bandai Namco and From Software have taken the Dark Souls series multiplayer servers down. To refresh your memory from the start of the year, Bandai Namco and From Software finally took down all of the Dark Souls multiplayer servers due to an exploit that was publicly leaked. This exploit allowed hackers to run code on potential victims' PCs through online play in all three Dark Souls games, though Dark Souls 3 might be the first to have its servers restored. Soulsborne miner Lance McDonald noticed last week that Bandai Namco pushed an update recently to Dark Souls 3. McDonald explained on Twitter, quote, "...Bandai Namco have pushed a new Dark Souls 3 update to folks with access to some of the debug branches on Steam for the first time in many years, probably testing new patches for upcoming server restoration." While this could be Bandai Namco starting the process to push a wider update to fix the exploit. I, however, think with this update of just pushing debugging tools, Bandai Namco and From Software are just starting the process of figuring it out. Hopefully, I'm wrong, but with how painfully slow Bandai Namco and From Software have been with addressing this issue, it wouldn't surprise me if I was right. Alright, well, that's it for today's episode of Let's Play. Make sure you subscribe so you can come back tomorrow for even more video game news. You can follow me on Twitter at Nate Venderama and catch me streaming on Twitch at Twitch.tv/limitbreakradio. My name's Nate Vender. Keep listening.